And we are back. Welcome everyone to Founder Insights Podcast by Animoca Brands. I'm Rich Robinson, entrepreneur in residence at Animoca Brands. And please, I'm going to get it out of the way right from the beginning, but I'm going to bug you along the way. Let's do CLS, comment, like, subscribe, please. Let's get the show started, shall we? We have a kick-ass entrepreneur from one of my favorite countries in the world for many, many reasons. He is the co-founder and CEO of Pirates Labs. As if that name isn't awesome enough, we're going to dive deep into his journey on the open seas and battling and all of the adventures along the way. Please welcome to the pod, Bilal El Alami. Hey, Richard. Hey, listeners. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. That's great. I'm also going to say, we'll put it in the show notes too, that this fine gentleman has his own Pirates Lab podcast. Uh, I recommend it, especially if you're a native French speaker, some really kick-ass, juicy stuff uh, in, in French in the, in the ecosystem. Let's deep dive. Yeah, just like you, I try to give, I try to give the mic to, um, to builders, investors, uh, entrepreneurs uh, in the French ecosystem to show the variety of, um, of, the, of the project, but also uh, so that those entrepreneurs can share their insight and their entrepreneurship journey uh, to really federate the, the French ecosystem. Beautiful. The ultimate, ultimate adventurers, the ultimate warriors, I truly believe these days are entrepreneurs going out and doing battle and being completely without a net uh, and pushing themselves to the edge of their humanity. I love to cheerlead and amplify, like you said, give them the, the megaphone to talk about their, their journey along the way and give other listeners comfort that, hey, it's supposed to suck. It's supposed to be difficult along the way. It's not as sexy as the Instagrammers and everybody else make it. It's a grind, but it's a very worthwhile grind. So talk to us about your worthwhile grind, please, Pirates Labs. Well, Pirates Lab, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for the past six years. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll get back on the past, but to introduce quickly Pirates Lab, um, the idea is to act as an enabler uh, for the Web3 ecosystem in, in France and in Europe more, 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 more extensively. Um, what does that mean, being a Web3 enabler? It means that you have, we, we have to put in place the tools and support for the ecosystem to grow, both technologically, but also culturally. And um, we really believe, um, well, it starts by uh, having a physical place. We have 1,000 meters square of office uh, in Paris where we can federate and animate the ecosystem. And within Paris Lab, we branded it as an incubator. Within this incubator, we have three different programs. The first one is the studio program. That's where Dogami and other portfolio companies of Animoca came by. Um, we, can, we can discuss about that later on. Uh, we have an accelerator program, quite classical, like Y Combinator, where we do different batch on different thematics, and we try to support entrepreneurs, external entrepreneurs uh, from, from Paris Lab. And we have a corporate venture building program. Um, this is very interesting because I really believe, well, I believe two things. I believe that... So far, Web3 has been quite a niche subject. Only, you know, people that understand the culture, the philosophy have been uh, working in the space. And the idea is how can we get the space to the next level? 
And I think the space needs to get to the next level by leveraging the corporates. The corporates, they have massive assets that you can use. They have massive customer base that they can use. And if we want to, um, you know, unsilo the Web3 ecosystem and make it a tech ecosystem, um, um, a subdivision of the tech ecosystem, it needs to be like normalized. And normalization goes by those big corporates that uh, will vet the technology, the use cases. So we made it quite our priority for the next two years to develop those corporate relationships. And our model is very simple. Um, the, the initial hypothesis is that corporates are struggling to innovate. Um, they're failing most of their innovation, innovation projects, and they end up doing some big M&A operation to buy companies at a very high price to create new, new growth, new, 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 yeah, a, a new growth um, uh, candle. And, um, and what we tell them is that, you know what, if there is a company or a subject or a use case that you like, let's do a joint venture. So we create a company where we are both investors, the corporate and Pirates Lab, and we're going to build this company. And in three years, once the company has grown, uh, first, you will make it grow by sharing your, 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 your customer base and you will capture the value as you're a shareholder of this commercial partnership. And two, once you want to buy this company, you don't have to buy 100% of the company, but only 20, 25% that we own. So it's kind of a nice approach to mitigate the risk, both from an entrepreneurship standpoint on our side and also from an innovation standpoint from the corporate side. I love that. Fantastic. That's new ground to dig into. And I have experience in that in China. As you said, you're a startup. You don't have any brand recognition. You don't have any resources. You don't have any users. But hey, look at that big corporation. Everybody knows their name. They're really uh, drowning in resources and they have a huge customer base. Let's put that together. But here's the thing is that usually it's kind of like doing an organ transplant where it rejects it. Um, so you need that kind of like cartilage in between. And that's you guys to, to, you know, and cartilage is not, uh, cartilage is tough. Cartilage is getting crunched in between two things, but it makes them work together in a smooth way that's effective. So I, I'm a big believer in that. And I think there needs to be more of that done. And that's a way to accelerate things in web three, not just tapping into web two, but tapping into where so many users are, which is really even bigger picture than web two, which is all of the corporates around the world. Exactly. So that's, uh, that's what we really believe um, is the next um, 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 leverage to create positive externalities and, and get the, web, the whole Web3 ecosystem to the next stage, meaning in terms of user adoption, um, in terms of awareness, um, in terms of less bad press, since when the corporates will, 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 will accept, embrace that technology, there will be less bad press. And so we need all of that to, to really grow the ecosystem in the next 5, 10, 15 years. Beautiful. How do you say positive externalities in, uh, in French? Um, the positive, <laughs> this externality positive, <laughs> it's like the same. Wow. So it's close. It's close. I was like, that's, those are good. That, that that's a good combination of words. I wonder yeah. if it's the same. And I grow in consulting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nicely done. So there's, there's three other things that I want to peel back and go deeper. One is about, um, 
the other two channels you talked about, you talked about the accelerator and also the studio slash incubator, but let's go bigger picture first. Let's talk about your, the deliciousness that you're building in one of the most delicious places in the world. I've eaten my way through your country so many times. Let's talk about France. People think of Europe, they think Berlin, or they think maybe uh, Sweden, Unicorn Factory, or they think UK. But France is a really dynamic tech ecosystem, and it has been for a long time. Minitel, the the pin and chip, and you know, and especially on Web three, there's a crazy awesome French mafia in Web three. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, well, the first fact is that I think, well, many talents have, many countries have that, but in France, most specifically, we have amazing engineering and business school. So we have amazing talents. And um, I really believe that part, COVID is part of the reason of that, is that before those talents were going abroad. And because of COVID, everybody came back to France and stayed in France. Um, and so the, it captured the, 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 the talent base and the company in France leveraged that. So that's kind of the first one of the first, my lecture of one of the first reasons. The second one, I like to quote uh, Yat, uh, Yatsu on, on that. French is a revolutionary country. Um, Web3 redistribute the cards. And I think philosophically, we're very close also from, from those values. Um, a third reason is that French, I mean, in terms of entrepreneurship, um, it's one of the best countries to be an entrepreneur in. Why? Because you can create a company in 24 hours with one euro. You can open a, a bank account in the next 24 hours. You have the French public investment banks who, who supports the, the innovation with a lot of grants to those startups. They double down your, 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 your fundraisings sometimes. Um, so, 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 and when you're doing uh, something that is uh, technological, you don't pay employ, um, taxes on the employees. So basically, it's very attractive to kickstart the company there. Obviously, after France is known to have um, a lot of taxes, but that's a rich problem. You know, uh, in the beginning, you have to start have the right partner, the right talents, the right channel for funding. And I think France is, uh, is very hot. A fourth reason why the Web3 ecosystem is, is, is striving in France is that I think um, the, 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 the regulatory powers, the governments have been very proactive on, on, on those topics and tried to create frameworks or at least do a lot of reports to explain um, the, the, the risk and how you can structure this or this operation. And so it created a lot of trust from the Web3 players to come and install themselves in France. Obviously, Sorare is well-known. Sandbox, another portfolio company of Animoca, is, is based in Paris. I see Seb every month, and he does. Life, life Beyond, Sandbox is the you know okay. pixelated version of the metaverse. Life Beyond is cinematic version. Both French entrepreneurs, like, wow. Exactly. And so, um, and so this helped attract bigger company like Binance who set up there and, 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 and went for the, for the, for the crypto asset license, uh, crypto.com and all those players that, that want to, that want to, to join the, the European, the European ecosystem. Fantastic. I can't wait to get back and visit. I lived five years in Europe. Also, we have good food, like you said, <laughs> and we have yeah. Paris. I mean, the lifestyle, the history, the culture, the food, check, 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 check all, all the way down. No, it's really amazing to be an entrepreneur here. Is pretty solid. Um, let's talk about the the studio, if you want to call it that, or incubator. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that model. There's actually an entrepreneur who's also happens to be French, Fabrice Grinda, and founder of FJ Labs, and he's had his studio. Uh, they're an investor uh, in Animoca Brands and also a co-investor. And he talked about that studio model, how 
it's it's something where uh, it can really bear fruit if it's done right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, uh, it's a, it's a very complex model because first, it's not for everyone. Um, very humbly, I am hyperactive. Um, I I work like a hundred hours a week. I love to do that. I love to be in contact of the entrepreneurs. I love to hack problems. I love the energy in this precedes stage where you have to, you know, hack the problem, hack the positioning, hack the business model, hack the talents acquisition, hack the, the business acquisition. And I just love this energy. And so I think the venture studio, the startup studio model fits really well with my personality. And you need this first of personality um, to, to be able to, to sustain it. Then it's very complex because um, as a repeated entrepreneurs, you become more and more involved in a many con in in many projects, and as an entrepreneur, you have to really um, know how to compartmentalize, um, how to focus on those subjects, and and switch um, from almost from one day to 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 the other. Then, what I love about the studio program, once you have those requirements of having someone like me, basically, um, it's very exciting because um, you're very close. To the company it's not like an accelerator or an investor where you just invest and you do a couple of intros or you help the fundraising you're really hands-on we i work for the companies um like i worked for dogami and that was the first uh, uh portfolio companies then indeed it's not really scalable because when i start a company and i i, I launched the product and i raised funds um, i have a shareholder agreement i have exclusivity i cannot like paralyze that much the the the, the company creation and so I'm very dedicated to, to the company for one year to 18 months. And once it do a, a proper fundraising, I'm able to basically lever my exclusivity and hire um, um, more internal people and make sure the, the knowledge transfer uh, is done. And then since it's still a little bit my baby, I'm still very involved, always connect. Um, you know, a person in my position is, 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 is central to the ecosystem. So I have a 360 degrees information gathering. And so it's, 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 it's very, um, it helps a lot all the other companies because I can connect the, doc, the, the dots easy, easily. Um, and, and, and being exposed to such a high bandwidth of information really allows me to be very targeted in my advisory and all the action, the operational action that, that, that I take. And so it's a win-win. Uh, it's a win-win for the company and the other co-founders and for me and for Paris Lab, which I represent. Um, and again, needs to find the right balance in the equity so that it's fair for everyone in the long term. So very complex, but indeed, um, the, the, the returns are much higher um, because you come in really early. You have a lot of shares at nominal value. Um, and so the, the, the multiples can, can, can just become crazy. Fantastic. Yeah, Fabrice now has a child and he's dialed back from that, but he had a similar involvement level. And I look at somebody like your good self. Also, Yat. Yat has a similar background, similar energy, similar superpowers, able to switch contexts, do that context switching over and over to be able to have these you know, cycles that are really sped up. And that's a superpower. There's very few people like that on planet Earth, but that's a amazing way to, you kind of like, it's different kind of personality. Just like and you shine your light and then they shine their light. Exactly. And, and I really take a lot of pleasure in um, valorizing or, 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 or make people very humbly again, um, help people. 
Um, because, you know, there, also it's entrepreneurship. We start from nothing. Uh, there are a lot of links that are created, human links, empathy between, between the founders and, and, and the team member. And, you know, being um, very invested, everybody sees it. And um, it's just multiplied the, the loyalty and the dedication of the of the other of the other team members. And just as a reference, um, I'm really good at being 100% on many on many projects, but I'm really bad at being 20% on one project because I got bored because my head drifts, and so I need to be 100% and 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 and, and switch the topics. Uh, and, and it's this excitement that allows me to be at 100%. Otherwise, I wouldn't be at 100% and I would be very bad. And, and basically, I, I sold my first company, the fintech company, because I was getting bored of managing, I don't know, 15, 20 people doing the same thing all the day. And so, weirdly, the, the, the companies uh, de decreased the growth um, uh, two years after the product market fit whether one year after the product market fit, because I was less invested. And so I decided to, sold, to sell this company so that it can take um, an, an, a new inertia and, and focus on a model that better fit my, my, my personality. Love it. Let's dive deep, double click on the accelerator and what you've been doing there and how many cohorts you've had and what's exciting for you there. Um, so in the accelerator, so in, in, in the beginning, you know, we were, not short-sighted, but we were focused on um, um, on the studio, and, and and I spent the first year and a half at Dogami, the the, the, the video games that tried to remake Tamagotchi, um, and 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 we we've seen that we we made so much connections in terms of investors, in terms of potential partners in the ecosystem, in this gaming vertical, that we said, wait, we need to mutualize this knowledge, these connections. Um, with the rest of the ecosystem. So we created this accelerator program so that we can help external entrepreneurs access our expertise in tech, our access our partners and, and investors and, um, and have the, 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 the experience sharing um, of other entrepreneurs that have done it before them. And so we created this acceleration program. It's a little bit like Y Combinator. Um, we take between two and 7% at nominal value depending on the advancement of of, of the project on the founders background, etc. And then we invest 200k tickets into the company. And we try to federate other investors with us uh, so that we reach at least a pre-seed of 500 to 1 million euro. And then we, 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 we accelerate the company. And within the acceleration, we support the companies, not only on advisory and, and investor network, but like I was saying, we work for this company and we work on three topics. We work mainly on the technology because we all have a tech background. Um, we've shipped a lot of projects or I've seen a lot of projects being shipped and a lot of mistakes being done. So we try to share the best practices on the technology, even sharing resources. We help also on the marketing, on the go-to markets, because it's very important to maximize the impact when you launch to create the right traction to, to attract the, the, the investors. And finally, as an entrepreneur, I've seen that... Um, Founders lose a lot of time on HR, legal, financial topics. It's maybe 30% of their time. And when it's their first company, um, they don't know how to handle those processes. It could, it could take even longer if it's their first company, right? It's just exactly. a whole new set of muscles and it's a not core to their business, right? So we created a dedicated departments within Pirates Lab that we call CFO as a service and which regroup HR, legal, finance and all the portfolio companies use this service 
and we mutual we mutualize the resources of this service among all the other companies. So we reuse the templates of uh, hiring, the templates of fundraising, the the the, the framework of financial uh, management and treasury management, and we we put in place that for for the company. So within Paris Lab, there is a girl that is the HR manager and does all the plays for all the portfolio companies, basically, for example. And this allows the founders to, to have those 30% buffer, minimum buffer, to allocate them in the product development, in the business development, where the real value is created. So we, like I was saying, the, 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 the vision is to put in place the tools and support to, to, for this ecosystem to grow. That's the put in place the right supports that the entrepreneurs need, um, um, helps that. Beautiful. Just like you said, with the studio, it's all about building the product and getting to product market fit and then starting to focus on growth and you kind of step out when that happens. And that's what it should be all about. Like I know some of you listening, it's fun to go to conferences and you got to get the word out there. You can't just be completely a hermit on your own, but you have to focus on product as the founder. Uh, as much time as you can to be able to get that to that product market fit. Otherwise, there's no party at all. And, and like Steve Jobs was saying, don't hesitate to ask for help. You know, the entrepreneur, when they start, they're really um, um, crispated by the equity. They think equity is only something that goes down for them because the dilution will, all, will only decrease their equity participation. But there are two things that are extremely wrong with that. The first one is that it's false. You have stock options that you can reallocate to keep or top up your, 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 your stakeholding throughout time if you succeed on specific milestone. So the, the interests are aligned and equity is not just something that goes down. And, 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 and the, th the second thing is that a lot of entrepreneurs are, too, are not humble enough with their idea. And they think, oh, they're the only one to have the idea. Oh, they don't want to share information, whatever. They don't want to share equity. Um, but 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 I can challenge anyone to go ask one of our portfolio companies and and see if they don't think um, pirates was cornerstone in their launch or their success, and and that's because it's very evident you leverage an existing experience, best practices, network, investors. So yeah, when you come here, you have more chance of delivering your product faster and attracting investor faster. It's just a no-brainer. Fantastic. Let's talk about Dogami. I'm, I've met the team there. I'm really excited about that. I think that whole pet category has been done over and over and over again. But every time there's a new paradigm, that's when it needs to be innovated on. You don't have to create something completely new. But I, I remember the, you know, Tamagotchi from way, way back in the day when it was like, you know, before things even went on phones. It was a little egg uh, on your keychain, and I, I think it's, a, I think it's a terrific, uh, you know, tip of the spear to get into it, and it's uh, something that's perfectly suited to be on chain and that connection. And tell us, tell us as much about that as you can, please. Yeah, of course. So, well, the the original idea was very naive. Um, we said, what could be the right use cases um, for Web three. And gaming has pretty straightforward um, advantages for, for, for the gamers. Um, the fact that there is unicity and, and scarcity that can be verified is something very interesting. And when you interact with 
uh, animals, every animal is unique. They don't do the same size. They don't have the same eye. They don't have the same um, mouse form. And so we wanted to um, use this value proposition um, in the Tamagotchi-like game because it increased the empathy that you that you have with your your playable character because it's unique. It's yours, like a real dog, or like a real animal that you that you nurture. Um, the other value proposition of being able to monetize your time in game are interesting, but um, I don't want too much to get into it because the 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 the, the main idea of, of games is to take pleasure, and I think when you stop playing the game, the least you could do is to easily resell your assets. And that's been done for 20 years in the gaming market, reselling games. So it's just the, it's just the, the normal continuity to be able to sell your assets in the game as well as the game. Um, and so that, that those value propositions were very interesting, very uh, straightforward in, in, in gaming. And the Tamagotchi-like was able, was the, was the, the, the gaming mechanic that was able to show, um, to showcase those value propositions easily through the empathy that you create with the dog. And as much as you uh, take care of the dog, you get rewarded for that and your dog get, get and with those rewards, you can improve your dog, which makes sense because when you train your dog, it, he improves his, 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 his faculties. Um, so that was kind of the very naive original idea. Then um, we were lucky to get a little bit of success, awareness in the ecosystem, um, um, a big community. And so we enlarged the scope of, of what we were building. And we said, OK, what we are doing actually is to create um, an entertainment brand that is digital Web3 native. So let's build up on that and create more games where you can reuse the same assets within this ecosystem of games. So the first game was a Tamagotchi-like game. The second game is a racing game. Because in our original vision, we wanted to have a phase one where it's Tamagotchi, and then a series of games where once you your, 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 your offspring becomes an adult, you can um, uh, have him take um, a job career. So the first job career is a racing driver. And so they'll be able to be a racing driver in this racing game. I love motorsport as well, so <laughs> that was quite one of the reasons as well. But the idea was... Um, is to to create a lot of different games where you can use your adult dog in those in those games and and have fun with the other uh, with the rest of the of the community. I love that. Anything you can share about the status of that community, some of the size and engagement? Yeah, of course. So yeah, we have about a um, uh, hundred thousand um, community members on 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 Twitter. I don't add up all the social networks, but on Twitter, that's kind of the reference. Um, we released one game a little bit less than a year ago. Uh, within this game, it's played in 120 countries by 60% of the holders. And what we are doing is we've been building a second game that will be released in October of, or November, which is this racing game. Um, and it's more competitive because the first game was single player. This game is multiplayer and it's so more competitive and people will be able to, to interact against themselves. Last week, we've done the first playtest of this new game. Um, we had exciting feedbacks from the community that love it, um, that found it very fun, very addictive, um, and, and loved the interaction and the competitiveness that, uh, from, from the game. So we're definitely um, expecting a lot from, from this release. And on top of that, we've been obviously trying to partner with other brands, 
project. So we partner with Gap to do a, a fashion suit of, of assets within the game. Uh, then we issued in the real world a, a hoodie that is a, a Gap, wow. a collaboration between Cap and, and, and Dogami um, awesome. uh, hoodie. Um, in, in the gaming space, we've partnered with Sandbox. So we have a community gathering place in the Sandbox. Um, we're doing a bridge where you can bridge your Dogami NFT uh, to, 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 a, to a voxelized um, Dogami so that you can walk around the, 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 the Sandbox. Um, so yeah, trying to connect to the ecosystem because interoperability is um, one of the value proposition of Web3 Gaming. And so we want to go towards that. Excellent. Really leveraging not just the metaverse, but the multiverse, bringing in the gap. That's, uh, that's terrific. Are there any other companies from the studio that you'd like to highlight as well? Well, right now, for the past um, six, nine months, uh, since Dogami raised uh, its Series A and I was able to, uh, to lever my exclusivity and, and get back to, uh, to, to Paris. But first, I, I want to justify on that typically. So, you know, I'm, like I was saying, first, what I like to do and where I'm good is in this pre-seed stage where you have to act the model, build the product, etc. cetera. Um, and in, in the case of Dogami, originally, blockchain was cornerstone to, to the production of the game. But then the company becomes a video game company. We're building video games. And originally, I was the CTO of Dogami because of my tech background, not because of my gaming background. So it made only sense that once we get to a certain stage, I step down because I'm not the right guy to manage a gaming company. And so um, since this, this last fundraising in, in November, I went back on a new project within the studio, which is this time a DeFi project because my background was in finance, quantitative finance. My first company was a fintech company. And basically, I was doing a lot of stuff in DeFi, uh, whether it is linked to NFTs or, or, or fungible tokens. And what I've seen is that um, we suffered, I suffered a huge liquidation on Aave and I lost 40% of my money. And so I was like, what the fuck? How could this happen? Tried to dig into it to understand what was the problem. And I saw that the, the, the way Aave man is managing the collateral is not very um, thorough. What does it mean? It means that when the collateral price moved by 20%, there are hundreds of millions that are liquidated. And so I'm like, wow, that's not really stable. I mean, uh, you cannot expect uh, Morgan Stanley to come and bring money in DeFi uh, if they can be liquidated uh, in a blink of an eye. So how can we build a money market, a lending protocol that can support more stability in the collateral management. So that was kind of the original idea from, um, um, from, from, from something that I lived and where I lost money. And so I started building a team. And you know, a lot of people, when we talk about Paris Lab, they're like, yeah, but um, how do you choose the ideas? How do you choose uh, um, the, the project you want to focus on, the startup studio? I say, you know what? Ideas are ideas. The, the company sediments once the idea intersects with the right people. So actually, I have like 10 ideas that I'm testing here and then, talking with people in consulting firm to see if they like it, people in, in, in luxury to see if they like it, etc. But there's only once there is this um, uh, intersection of people and idea that the company materialized. And within the past nine months, it materialized in this project called Secured Lab, where we are trying to build lending protocols that are more stable, uh, 
um, for, 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 for the user participants of, of, of this protocol. There is another value proposition that we are trying to push within this protocol is that today there is a huge conflict of interest um, in DeFi. The conflict of interest is between the token holders that governs the parameters of the lending protocol and the users of those lending protocols. They're not necessarily the same. Can you give an example? Yeah, for example, on Aave, um, it's the governance, uh, the people that are the, the token holders that decide on the interest rates model that needs to be used, that decide on the liquidation threshold that they, they should in, in, imply. But I don't want to, as a lender, I don't want to loan my money and have other people decide um, how this money should be reimbursed. So we believe the governance of lending protocols should be in the hand of the lenders, not the token holders. And so we created this protocol that is more, more stable to minimize the liquidation and gives governance to the token holders. Tomorrow, Morgan Stanley, when they come into DeFi, they want to implement their own interest rate model. They want to, in, to integrate their own liquidation um, models. They don't want someone else to, 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 to decide for them that. And, and, and we want to, to, to build this lending protocol that can support those institutional when they come into, in, into DeFi. And also retails, because, you know, I was a retail participating in this lending protocol. I deposited money. I got liquidated. I was like, what? I didn't do shit. So we won't. So this is this is personal. This is really resonates with you. So it's a it's a beautiful way to start a company. Of course. I mean, I wouldn't start a company if it doesn't resonate on me, if I don't feel it, you know, in my gut. Ah, maybe not you, but other people, other people make that mistake because there are those days where you wake up and you're like, I don't want to get out of bed. But if you're feeling something intrinsic in your bones in it, then that's what pulls you, uh, exactly. in, you know, out of bed and into it. So you get, you got to feel it. So it's beautiful that you shared that. Thank you. Exactly. So in the studio, we do one company every year, year and a half, um, try to be very focused. Um, also DeFi is very complex. Uh, it took us a year. Um, to 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 have the right team to write to build the right models to read to build the right architecture. Um, it's not. But you you have that experience in fintech. Tell us about your your background and your entrepreneurial journey over the last six years, please. I used to be a French. I used to be a French scientist. Graduated in math and physics. A little bit worked in quantitative finance. Then I did an MBA. After my MBA, I went quite the traditional business school path. Worked in investment banking at Rothschild. Uh, worked in consulting at Accenture. And I was always passionate about entrepreneurship. And when I was working at Rothschild, I've, I've seen some limitation in the, in, in the way private equity funds were managing their back office and middle office. So I created a company called Equisafe that basically um, is a financial reporting tool for investment funds and investment companies that handles also the compliance and the brokerage. And, um, and, and, and the software company, which is also a broker dealer then, um, I've been managing it since 2019 until no, sorry, 2018 until 2021, when I basically created um, created uh, created uh, uh, Paris Lab, and um, and yeah, when it got its product market fit, I was way less excited on it. It was a very regulated company, so I was going to the financial market regulators every two months, um, and and I felt you know um, a little bit imprisoned at some point. And so I decided to sell the company and uh, the process is almost done. Um, and, and basically, I could now fully dedicate my focus on Paris Lab and how to help the, the ecosystem grow 
and share a little bit of my energy, share a little bit of my uh, experience and the experience of the people that surrounds me. Because, um, you know, sometimes uh, people attribute to me um, some of the successes. But uh, to be honest, uh, I, I, I cannot imagine being able to do everything I did without the people that are with me. So I want to say a special word for people like yes. Uda, my COO, uh, Peyao, my CMO, Thomas, my, my co-founder and, 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 and the CTO, the technical lead of, of Paris Shout Lab. Yes. And, and really, without them, it, it wouldn't be possible. So find your right Nakama, uh, your, your right team, and, um, and, and anything is possible once, once you have it. Love it. And thank you for being so authentic about how you felt imprisoned. You know, I've heard this story of being an entrepreneur, you're kind of in the jungle and it's so thick that you can't even see where the sun is and you have to fight your way out. There's quicksand and poisonous snakes and you, okay, you get out of that stage and then you see a muddy path and you slog along the muddy path and then you see a dirt road and then you start walking fast on the dirt road and then you see a paved road and then you see the freeway and then you see a runway and you can fly up in, into the sky and, and, and this could be like to go back into the jungle after that exactly. because <laughs> you prefer not to be doing this the smooth same thing you want to be fighting for your life finding product market fit out of the jungle exactly uh, it's just so thrilling to get outside of your comfort zone and 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 really it shows you your capabilities of finding solutions. And, and that's really what drives me, I think. It's like problem solving. When there is a problem, you know, even when you're having a coffee and, 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 and we're not, we don't agree on something, okay, we're gonna spend the next 30 minutes arguing about that because I wanna understand why you think differently than me. I wanna give you my perspective and see if um, we can change your mind or my mind. So um, yeah, it, I mean, problem solving is, is at the core. And um, I wanted to add something, but, but I forgot. Um, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I, I love you talked about having a coffee. Like, talk to us about your sources of energy. You have an energy. Exactly. Feel, is, that, is, that, is that what you wanted to talk about? Beautiful. Take it away. That's what, no, what, because, you know, I wanted to rebound on the, on the fact that I felt a little bit imprisoned. What helped me to really open my chakras and, and think differently is sport. Um, you know, I, I love playing football like all the, the, the guys, but I'm not a sports guy. Um, I, I, I was thriving in working, so I was spending, like, I don't know, 10, 12 hours on my desk, and I loved it. And I, I, I was not like a sport guy. But then at some point, I tried to put in place some um, sports routine. And there are two sports that I really loved. Um, it's free diving. So it's Apnea, you have one breath and you go as deep as possible and you come back um, and, and go-karting. And it's really fun because when I was young, I preferred collective wow. games. And now I prefer solo sports because um, in solo sports, you really, you disconnect. Um, you know, when I'm, I'm go when I'm racing in a go-kart, it's impossible to sing to something else um, than, than racing. When, when you are doing freediving in the middle of the sea, you don't have your phone, you're there for the whole day, and your only objective is to get relaxed, to enjoy your dive. And, and, and that's really what allowed me to, you know, um, feel less imprisoned, um, think of new ways of doing stuff, and, um, and have the energy as well, you know, to, 
yeah, to, to, to do it because I could have stayed in, in my previous company, make it grow, um, sell it uh, five, ten times what, what I'm selling it now. But, but, but again, it's not what I liked to do. Um, so be, be honest with yourself. You know, I'm, I'm, this is for all the listeners. Try to be honest and lucid with yourself. What do you like? What you don't like? If you have something that scratches you on the back of your, of your head, uh, there is a problem. So, 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 so trust this, 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 uh, this little scratching on the back of your head. That is so beautiful. I love your two choices. They couldn't be any more different. They're both solo, but they are very different. And I watched this movie about free diving. Uh, perhaps you've you've seen it. Yeah, the one on Netflix with the girls and the guy. That's right. That's right. Um, Breathing deep, I think it's called. Or um, yeah. In any case, you, we'll put it in the show notes. But it's fascinating uh, sport, and you certainly do have to be in shape. But it's really much more. It's a very strong mental game, and driving a is a game. very strong mental game. But you're using it as a meditative practice. It seems to kind of exactly. clear your exactly. mind and to get closer. Like t- tell us, tell us about that. Like how you came to that, and like what what you feel before and after, and some of the benefits. It's it's amazing feeling. First, I love I love I love things that um, are kind of outside the box. And you know, when you think of sports and competitive sports. You, you you think that you have to give it all and 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 freediving is exactly the opposite your objective is not to be as fast as possible to go as deep as possible even though that's the metric it's to be as relaxed as possible so that you can go far you know you often say when you're on the highway and you have like uh, i don't know uh, 50 kilometers of um, of gasoline you don't you don't drive at 160 you drive at uh, 50 70 to make sure you can get there and so it's the same in freediving. You have to slow yourself down to, to, to be able to perform. Then um, that's kind of the mindset that you need to have. Then in regards of the sports by itself, like I was saying, when you spend one day or three days in a row in, in the ocean, you know, you don't have all these, uh, you know, electromagnetic waves that distract you. Um, and, 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 and when you dive, often people, they say, oh, my God, it's scary. How can you go? My, my personal record is at 42 meters deep. And they're like, oh my God, wow. how, can, how can you go to, to 42 meters? And I'm like, but you know, it's a gradual sport. I don't go at, two, at 42 meters like that. I go at 10, I go at 20, I go at 25, I go at 28. So how, how much time down is that to go to go down and back 42 meters? A little bit less than two minutes. But it, I, wow, that's, that's impossible for me. Like I would never be able to hold my breath and go that deep. But that's a honestly, I'm sure in half a day I can I can help you get to two minutes. It's it's in the mind and it's about relaxing, and um, and then there there is a couple of tricks, but it's, they are quite simple. The real threshold is when you when you go above forty, when you start to go above forty, because then there's really a lot of pressure. Pressure. I mean, even the feeling of diving is amazing. You know, you're going down. You have the water that is caressing uh, your 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 skin as you go down you have the pressure that is literally hugging you so you you feel like in in back in the in the belly of your mother you know like it, it's it's so uniform it's so everywhere it's it's it, i'm sure there are some you know uh, dopamines or hormones that 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 gets out of this because the feeling is is amazing and then there is the 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 the, the fact that you hold your breath. You know, people think they can hold your breath 30 seconds, but actually in 30 seconds, it's your muscle memory that wants you to breathe. Um, and when you stay two minutes, three minutes, 
with um, um, by doing exercise because when you go down you have to palm and when you go up you have to, to palm again you know you, you you get out the water and you're very euphoric it's like you're a little bit high because you, you pushed yourself without being too violent and 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 your body just loved it beautiful it's almost like there's so many parallels entrepreneurship right if you think the pressure is crushing you and giving you pain than it is. But if you think the pressure is hugging you and you're back in the womb, then it also is. So it's the same thing. When you're, you're, you said you wake up and you eat problems for breakfast as an entrepreneur. And at a certain point, you're like, that's delicious. I need more. The pressure is hugging me. And oh, I need to relax. I don't need to be frantic and crazy. I need to be like, okay, next problem. Mm, good. And then Just at the end it. of the day, you can feel like you are on the top of the world because you're almost high from all of the, you know, adrenaline from just the accomplishments moving forward. Yes. No, definitely. Wow. I, I, I join you. It's a, I, I wish that to everyone find your sports. Um, obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but try freediving. It's, it's for entrepreneurs that feels that they're not able to disconnect. It's really amazing. And, and, you know, it, it, it comes back to why power slap. You know, I, 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 I love the, 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 I think first the, the piracy laws are very close to the Web3 laws in the sense that they were like um, um, uh, fair, uh, um, uh, everybody, all the value that was created was fairly redistributed among the, 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 the crew members. That's what Web3 stands for, basically. And I think piracy is a big parallelism to entrepreneurship you know when you're an entrepreneur decentralized as well too not a yes yeah exactly decentralized distributed an entrepreneur, you don't know where you're going it's a, the adventure every day is a new day that you don't expect what's coming on it's the same when you take the sea um there, there is all this um um excitement of the adventure but nothing is going to be easy and um and as and you know piracy people think of pirates as as bad people maybe previous generations, but our generation grew up with pirates like One Piece and they are good guys. They're doing the good thing. Uh, they try to federate people. They try to um, 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 be, be free. And I think that's what it's all about. Find your freedom. It's different for everyone. Wow. What a great point to close it out. Ladies and gentlemen, Captain Jack Bilal El Alami Sparrow from Pirates Labs. Who doesn't love that guy? Johnny Depp's going to play you in the Netflix series about <laughs> all the stuff you that you do. You already compared me to Yat, so come on. Yat, Johnny Depp. How about Keanu Reeves? There's another one. There's there's a, a three awesome people. So, uh, wow, thank you so much for... No, thank you for the invite, Rich. It was a pleasure time, to, uh, to extend and humbly share a little bit of, uh, of what I think uh, are, are good practices. Open seas, exotic isles, and buried treasure. Arr! Thank exactly. you very much. Thanks Come so over. much. And please comment, like, and subscribe and join the. And reach out on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Reach out to Bilal and join the pirate army. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rich. Bye bye, everyone. This podcast is for information purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. Any opinions provided in this podcast reflect the views of the speakers only. <laughs>